As Hammer Horror and Amicus Production lost their edge towards the late 1960s, the British horror-loving audience of the time started to look further afield to their European cousins and even across the pond to the grittier output of the United States. However, two films covering very similar subject matter would not only prove that there was life still left in the horror machine in the UK, but would ultimately kick a resurgence of disturbing, bleak horror content. And whilst Michael Reeves' Witchfinder General might be the logical choice for Chronicle Podcast, there is a far more interesting story at the heart of Michael Armstrong's Mark of the Devil. Hi, I'm Duncan McLeish and you're listening to Chronicle Podcast, an almanac of old world horrors. Ignition, T-10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0, liftoff. Welcome back to Season 2 of Chronicle Podcast, an almanac of old world horrors. I'm your host Duncan McLeish and this is episode number 2 in Season 2 of the show. In the last episode we looked at 1922's Haxon and on this episode we continue our journey into witchcraft and European horror cinema by looking at 1970's Mark of the Devil. If this is your first time listening to Chronicle Podcast, please go back and listen to our debut episode. It sets the stage for what's to come on this season too. Can I thank everyone who checked out our first episode of this new season of the show and left me all the kind words of support and feedback on our Facebook Our group page may only be small in numbers, but the voices of those who are members are loud and passionate about horror cinema. And I am immensely proud to be back with this new season of six episodes every two weeks. To join the Facebook group page for the show, please head over to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash chronicle podcast. Like I said a few minutes ago, this season of Chronicle is exclusively focused on witchcraft and European horror cinema. And we still have some incredible, weird and downright disturbing movies to cover in our remaining episodes. The UK really became the focal point of a lot of witchcraft, pagan and satanic movies from the 1960s onwards with stalwart British movie institutions the like of Hammer and Amicus both delivering some truly fantastic output. Hammer Horror point of fact, delivered one of my all-time favourite movies on this occult subject matter in their 1968 adaptation of Dennis Wheatley's The Devil Rides Out. This aristocratic occult mystery inspired by Wheatley's conversations with infamous occultist Alistair Crowley would find its way into cinemas the same year as the incredibly visceral and bleak Michael Reeves movie Witchfinder General, a movie which left UK reviewers aghast and began the foundations for a new type of surreal, 
edgy horror cinema which is a backdrop to today's movie, 1970's Mark of the Devil. You're listening to Chronicle Podcast. Stay with us. In its original German title, Hexen bis auf Blut gequilt, literally translated to Witches Tortured Till They Bleed. It's no surprise that the movie's name was Finessed upon reaching English-speaking countries to Mark of the Devil. However, the original title, blunt as it is, is a very fair assessment of the content of the movie. This movie revels in its torture and cruelty pretty much from the opening shots. At the beginning of the movie, the audience is introduced to the outcome of a witch trial in a small Austrian town. We see two nuns being burned alive for witchcraft at the bequest of the local witch hunter. The movie then proclaims that this is based on three real historical witch trials which have been found in the historical witch trial accounts. There is corruption from the outset with this local witch hunter by the name of Albino, played by Reggie Nalder, choosing women he does not like, or those who disrespect him, or those who reject his sexual advances. He would make these women undergo the full witch trial. All of these basically resulted in death sentences. Enter an apprentice witch hunter. Count Christian von Meru, played by Udo Kier, who advises Albino that his master, Lord Cumberland, played by the fantastic Herbert Long, has been ordered by the king to take up the role of witch hunter, much to the protests of Albino. However, much to Count Meru's dismay, Lord Cumberland is just as petty and cruel when he too arrives at the town. As more and more corruption and cruelty is observed, the Count's belief in his work is tested to the point of breaking. The movie started off as a passion project by Austrian actor-director Adrian Hoven, who penned a script for his vision of the movie, The Witch Hunter, Dr Dracula. Michael Armstrong, an English director, was asked to rework the story which would ultimately become Mark of the Devil. Interestingly enough, Armstrong was not the first choice to tackle this rewrite. Originally it was offered to Witchfinder General Director Michael Reeves, who sadly committed suicide. When Armstrong was asked to direct the movie as well, Hoven was allowed to remain attached to the project as an actor and producer to the movie. This would not end well. The stories of their disagreements are the stuff of movie gossip and legend, with Hoven challenging every artistic decision, shot and choice made by Armstrong. Hoven would make amendments to the script and through his friendship with director of photography Ernst W. Kalinke would later edit shots out completely from the movie, only to be replaced with his preferred alternative takes. When Armstrong finished filming, he left the edits to Hoven, and would later find that the ending, which Hoven vehemently disliked, 
ultimately changed upon completion of the edits. A final slap in the face from the vindictive and scorned producer. As turbulent as the film was, the movie was about to enter a completely different world of censorship and exploitative marketing. You're listening to Chronicle Podcast. Stay with us. Whilst the movie was never really on the banned list of movies in the United Kingdom, it remained in a state of cinematic limbo for several years with the censors at the BBFC demanding cuts to be made to the movie. It would take a long time for any version of this movie to be finally seen in the UK. And only in the last few years was the movie given permission to be shown fully uncut. To say that restriction on the movie was less authoritarian in the United States would be somewhat of an understatement, with distribution handled by the infamous label Hallmark Releasing. The distributors very quickly got to work on building a series of catchphrase slogans to sell the movie's legendary content. Hallmark Releasing was expert in this field having already handled the rather provocative Last House on the Left. Slogans like Banned in Many Countries, Positively the Most Horrifying Film Ever Made, Likely to Upset Your Stomach, were amongst some of the slogans that made their way on the posters, but Hallmark was only just warming up on their marketing campaign. Hallmark would go as far as inventing its very own rating. Rated V for violence and issuing vomit bags to each admission further cemented this movie as a potential rite of passage for any and all cinema goers. As playfully colourful as this may all sound, the movie still shocks to this day. Sitting very much in the shadow of Witchfinder General, it's crazy to see how much Mark of the Devil manages to up the ante in the gore, violence and torture in such a very short time between movies. Released in the USA the same year as the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Mark of the Devil is a blunt force trauma of over-the-top visceral set pieces compared to the psychological torments and traumas of Chainsaw Massacre. Mark of the Devil would prove to be a smash hit in the cinemas of the USA, much to the dismay of the critics who universally panned the movie. On April 5th 1972, E. H. Weller wrote in the New York Times that Mr. Lom precinctly notes at one point that the peasants might eventually rebel against these gory going-ons. Most moviegoers should too. And it's easy to see why US critics disliked the movie with its cheapened tactics to draw in crowds, awful dubbing and over-the-top sensational violence, but the movie does boast some noteworthy credits especially in its casting. Udo Kier has all the wonder and charm of a future leading man, and Herbert Lom, himself a well-respected, 
English actor revels in the nonsensical, over-the-top nature of his role. But it is the malevolent and sadistic portrayal of Albino by Reggie Nalder that truly chills the room. Albino is one of the most terrifyingly perverse and evil characters ever shot to film. Nalder would later be cast as Barlow in the Toby Hooper adaptation of Stephen King's Salem's Lot. As for the on-screen violence, was it too far for the time? Were the scenes of burning women or the barbaric practices of stretching on the rack still stand up in my opinion? The sense of despair is at times overwhelming and when it comes to the Chinese water torture you realise that what is more terrifying is that these practices did exist until fairly recently in our planet's history. Mark of the Devil somehow managed to escape the infamous video nasties list. Which is a surprise because there are lots of movies on the list of 72 which are far tamer and expose the audience to far less risky subject matter than Mark of the Devil. Adrian Hoven would ultimately fulfil his fantasy of directing Mark of the Devil. Well, when I say Mark of the Devil, I mean Mark of the Devil 2, the sequel. And when I say sequel, I mean sequel in name only. The movie was released in 1973, and though it shares similar cast, Reginald are returning as a villain, the characters are different, and the only connection is that it's shot in a similar time frame as the original. It too was released in the United States by Hallmark Releasing. Torture and sequels aside, Mark of the Devil boasts a truly phenomenal score. Written by German singer, musician, songwriter, producer and composer Michael Holm, Mark of the Devil's score could be summed up as surprisingly melodic for the movie's horrible content, but primarily has a grand sense of drama and atmosphere. Holm himself was primarily known as a singer of traditional German music, with an almost constant presence in the top hits of the country. So popular was his work that he'd already sold millions of copies of his albums. The score encapsulates that kind of haunting and luxurious sound that is associated with European horror, particularly those of the Jali persuasion. In fact, you could be forgiven for thinking that the likes of Bruno Nicolai, Morricone or Ortani had actually worked on this score. Listen to the central theme of Mark of the Devil and then compare it with the theme written by Rizzortani for Cannibal Holocaust 10 years after and you tell me, are they not scarily similar?
You're listening to Chronicle Podcast. Stay with us. And you've been listening to Chronicle Podcast. This has been Season 2, Episode 2, and we've looked at Michael Armstrong's Mark of the Devil from 1970. As always, can I thank everyone who has supported this show, shared, liked, and left reviews on iTunes. This is the best way to support the podcast and to make sure we bring you more content in the months to come. Remember, it takes a few seconds to leave feedback on iTunes and the more of it we get, the higher in the ratings we will be featured for other horror fans to find the show. A huge thanks to Von Herzog for the intro and outro music featured to Chronicle Podcast. Please go over and support his work. And as always, you can find a list of all the artists whose music was featured on this episode in the show notes. The version of this movie reviewed was the Arrow Video Blu-ray release. Please remember that we have a Facebook group page that you can join, interact with other listeners and contact me. You can do that by visiting facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Chronicle Podcast. Chronicle Podcast is exclusively available on Legion Podcast Network, surrounded by a multitude of fantastic shows. This week I recommend listening to Hello, This is a Doom Show Podcast. Richard and crew have recently brought their long-running show into the Legion fold and talk about fantastically weird European and exploitation movies from yesteryear. So go across and listen to Hello, This is a Doom Show podcast exclusively on legionpodcast.com. And finally, if you want to listen to more of me talk horror, then you can check out my other show, the podcast Under the Stairs, at teaputscast.com or on iTunes. Chronicle Podcast was written, recorded and produced by me for you. Join me in two weeks' time as we look at Ken Russell's The Devils from 1971. But until the next time, remember, life is a journey which I dare say has no beginning and remains forever unfinished. This is Duncan McLeish from Chronicle Podcast, an almanac of old world horrors. Until the next time. Ignition. T minus 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5,